Happy Thursday. Welcome to The Briefing Room. Coming to you from the Washington Bureau of ABC News, I'm John Santucci alongside Catherine Falders. We are getting to the end of the week. We're <laughs> almost there, Catherine. A busy week for a lot of us in Washington. We've been working almost now two weeks straight uh, after the Mueller report, but we are not talking about that today, shockingly. We're talking instead about health care. Republicans' new push after the president and the Department of Justice joined that federal lawsuit down in Texas. And Catherine, we've been talking uh, up to sources up on Capitol Hill, Republicans now having to figure out what to do with the Affordable Care Act if this federal lawsuit is successful. Yeah, and this announcement uh, by the president sent a lot of them scrambling up there. They weren't expecting this, especially in the wake of the Mueller report. I know you said we weren't going to mention it, but, <laughs> you know, in the, mention, you're a, okay. little, a little mention, a little tiny bit. Um, in, you know, while they were reveling in this victory this week. So, look, the question is, though, what's the plan? Mm -hmm. um, and we've asked the president and the White House, what's the plan? They can't say. He was up on Capitol Hill on Tuesday meeting with Republican senators about this, taking a victory lap, but also um, they told me after this meeting, focusing on health but when you ask yeah. them what the plan is, nobody could really say. Right. There's mixed reaction up there. Well, I spoke earlier to Congressman Tom Reed, Republican from New York, and asked him just that. Now that this has happened, now that the Trump administration has joined on to this federal lawsuit, what do Republicans do? Take a listen to our interview. Obviously, uh, when the case comes down, the way it looks like it's going to come down, being an unconstitutional call on the Affordable Care Act, we're, we, are, we owe it to the American people, not only as Republicans, but Republicans and Democrats, to come up with a solution of health care for folks back home. But, Congressman, you know, I, I was uh, doing my homework, and I saw that, you know, you've been talking about this. You have said that you do not want this to be an issue that the court should decide. You believe that it's something that legislators should decide. So this move by the Trump administration to join this lawsuit, is that the right move here? You know, I, I disagree with the, the call in regards to having this uh, litigated through the courts and uh, the issue of health care for millions of Americans being put at risk in regards to a judicial uh, decision. Uh, but that being the case, uh, we have to deal with the reality of the situation and that health care costs in America continue to go up, health insurance costs continue to go up. So we should be working uh, in a bipartisan way on how we can help Americans get these costs under control. So, but when you look, Congressman, you know, we obviously, like you, assessed what happened after the midterm elections. You had Americans that uh, were not brought out to the polls uh, by uh, Robert Mueller's investigation or some of the other issues that we're talking about most times. They were brought out by health care. What is the plan right now for Republicans, though? What do you need to put together to sell to the American people that, you know, can fulfill Donald Trump's wish, make you the party of health care, and give Americans something viable? Well, I think we need to do exactly that. We need to put a plan together uh, in black and white uh, that says, one, first, we take care of those with pre-existing condition uh, that we acknowledge. And, and you heard the president talk about it. Pre-existing condition is going to be a cornerstone of health insurance reform uh, as long as we can see into the future. Um, and that is a good thing. And then what we have to do is we have to get these health care costs, not just health insurance costs, health care mm -hmm. costs going down. And we're going to unleash market pressures into the healthcare environment to do that as Republicans. You know, one of the things that we've heard from your colleagues over in the Senate yesterday, we saw uh, Senator Marco Rubio and Senator Mitt Romney uh, introduce their plan uh, for paid family leave. We've also seen uh, the support for that from the president's daughter and senior advisor Ivanka Trump. Is that something you believe, Congressman, should be considered for this Republican health care bill? 
Well, you know, when you talk about medical leave, uh, I think that's part of solutions that we could uh, agree upon as Republicans and Democrats uh, to recognize those life situations that require uh, that opportunity to take care of your family and at the same time not run the risk of losing your job. And I think that's something uh, to consider. But the heart of a health care reform bill from the Republican Party must be focused on health care costs and getting it in the right direction going down. And that is going to be about releasing market pressures into the health care arena where people are rewarded, are financially rewarded for good outcomes, for patients taking their medicine and having a good outcome as a result of that medication. That type of incentive structure is sorely lacking in health care of America today. So realistically, Congressman, I mean, you know, as I'm sure uh, you've heard from your constituents and others uh, talking about this now, trying to understand uh, what the plan would be from Republicans on Capitol Hill and the Trump administration, what's a realistic timetable now for Republicans to get together, come up with a plan, and present it? Because we already see Democrats uh, running for 2020 for the White House are talking about this, saying Republicans don't have a plan yet. So in order to respond to them, Congressman, what's the timetable? You know, I think uh, one of the one of the things I do appreciate about the president's decision of uh, the, on this court case is it's forcing Republicans to come forward with their ideas. That's a good thing, and the time frame is sooner rather than later. And as we go into 2020, you're going to see a contrast. If people want to vote for Democrats with the, the idea of government control, government mandated health care, uh, then so be it. But Republicans owe it to the electorate, to people to give an alternative vision that I know uh, the Republicans believe in. That is market pressure, individuals, doctors controlling these decisions, not bureaucrats and administrators. We're going to watch it all shake out. Congressman Tom Reed joining us from Capitol Hill. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. It's good to be with you. And we're all in this together. This should be an American solution. Thanks very much. Coming back inside the briefing room now to Catherine Falders, who covers Capitol Hill for us, so um, and the White House. So right now, folks on Capitol Hill are actually waiting for the White House to come up with a plan. We know uh, that Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff, is going to be in part the architect of what Republicans do here. Yeah, exactly. And as we reported, he was uh, one of the driving forces behind uh, this announcement, along with his uh, colleagues over at OMB. Uh, so he's going to be someone to watch. Let's see how often uh, he's on Capitol Hill, and then the, the senators to be watching. Are, are those, you know, who are also opposed to this? Susan Collins, for example, who right. said, quote, she was disappointed uh, and opposed to this plan. So getting uh, them on board and crafting, I know we keep saying this, but crafting some plan where this can actually move forward and, and can benefit the Republican Party. Because as you know, in mm -hmm. 2018, uh, you know, it was reported that Kevin McCarthy said that this actually, it didn't help them at all. And this is the reason they lost. Right. So gotta how to keep, move forward. Got to keep an eye on this one. And before we switch gears on here, another federal lawsuit that we had our eyes on today, this one involving Bump stocks, the ban that the Trump administration has supported. This has risen up, uh, going all the way to the Supreme Court now. Uh, and of course, they have stayed that order enforcing the ban on bump stocks that went into effect earlier this week. We got a statement uh, into ABC News a little earlier today from Gun Owners of America. It reads in part, we remain convinced that the courts will co-sign this unlawful, unconstitutional ban to trash bin of history where it belongs. But Catherine, really just quickly, the bump stock ban here, this all comes down to what Donald Trump said he saw on the ground in Las Vegas after that horrible shooting. Yeah, and we were talking about uh, bump stocks for a while after that horrible 
shooting. He, you see images, I believe, of it there, mm -hmm. aerial images. Uh, he started talking about it at the time and then, uh, you know, essentially said that he was uh, going to ban these devices. Now, it did take a little bit longer for the administration to do this than we thought, but um, he ultimately followed through on that one. Yeah, and listen, uh, the, the president, even before he was running for office, had publicly yeah. said he supported the assault weapons ban. Mm -hmm. So when he had gone out and seen this, not a surprising move right. for him, but uh, the Supreme Court has sided with the administration. Mm -hmm. So see where this one shakes out. Switching gears, though, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos was up on Capitol Hill today talking about funding for the Special Olympics. This is a hugely controversial issue. DeVos was up there testifying again before members. Take a listen to what the secretary said about the change in funding. I love Special Olympics myself. I have given por a portion of my salary to Special Olympics. I hope all of this debate encourages lots of private contributions to Special Olympics. So let's not use disabled children in a twisted way for your political narrative. Um, it's it, that is just disgusting and it's shameful. Well, and Madam I think Secretary, we let me tell you what: that. eliminating. So Democrats have already been firing back. You may have heard there Dick Durbin, one of the senators on that panel. He said DeVos has won the gold medal for cruelty and insensitivity when it comes to the administration's proposal for funding Special Olympics. We all know the Special Olympics actually started by Eunice Kennedy Shriver, member of the Kennedy family. We saw earlier today Representative Joe Kennedy speaking out about that program to ABC's The View. Take a listen to what the congressman said to the ladies. This is not something that is, I think, anybody saying that is a waste of money. Anybody that is saying this is not something that reflects American values and it's part of what we want to highlight to the rest of the world. It's just cruel. So this is not a Democrat-Republican issue. This is a Trump administration issue about the reflection of their priorities and the way that they see those that are different, that are vulnerable in our country. And the point is, they don't. <laughs> So for the students who are affected by Special Olympics, Americans all over the country, let's bring one of those students in. We're joined right now by Taha Illaran. She's a 12th grader uh, down in Florida. Uh, great to have you uh, with us this afternoon. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've been watching this out uh, for you and uh, your other teammates that have participated uh, in the Special Olympics in years past. What did you think today um, when you saw the Secretary of Education up on Capitol Hill? very disappointed because there's no reason to take Special Olympics away from from anyone like Special Olympics has made a big difference in my life and it can continue to make a big difference in other people life too you know and I understand uh, that, that you have uh, several different sports uh, that you play I understand that uh, uh, you uh, bowl basketball I mean th this, this has given you uh, opportunities uh, that you may not have had otherwise Yes, it has. And talk to me a little bit about some of the other students that, that you uh, that you play with. I mean, um, you know, and I think the other thing people don't realize about Special Olympics is that uh, these are games that happen all over the country. So I'm sure you've had the opportunity uh, to meet with other individuals, not uh, just students down in Florida, right? Yes, not only students in Florida. I actually went to Baku, too, and I met different people from there also. And, and, and I went and, to San Diego in Texas, and I met a lot of people from there, too. Can you tell me a little bit, before we let you go, about the, the first time you participated in the Special Olympics? What was that experience like for you? 
I loved it. My first time participating was with bowling. At first, I had so much anger, but then I had to realize that I'm still going to win. Special Olympics is about winning and having fun and meeting new people. And I, I got to ask, so bowling was the first time. Did you use the guardrails or did you just go for it? No, I did not use guardrails. No, no. Listen, some people have to use bumpers. It's okay. President accounted for. Taj, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I appreciate it. You're welcome. No problem. Coming back inside the briefing room, I really do use the bumpers though. There's yeah, nothing wrong. I do wrong too, with and that. you know that There's little slide thing where oh, you can like. Oh, the slide like, thing's great. I know I'm a terrible bowler. Well, you know, listen, yeah, that, man, that's why we <laughs> stick to this. Things that you and I are good at, though, covering Donald Trump. Yeah, no, that's true. I may have done a couple of them. The president <laughs> is hitting the campaign trail tonight. He is going out to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where he is going to. I don't know what he's going to do. I spoke to a source, a source <laughs> earlier today, Catherine, that said this rally. They, honest to God, do not know what this is going to look like. Because this is the first time we're going to see the president before a group of supporters since special counsel Robert Mueller's report has been handed over. Yeah, exactly. I was just speaking to a source who, who talked to the president as well. And I said, well, well, what is he going to say? I know he asks this question all the time, but all the person said was he's fired up. We could probably expect him to keep saying that he feels vindicated and exonerated and do a little victory lap. And he said, this person said, that we will have the greatest hits on display. Now, what is that? Everything. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> the kitchen know, sink. Yeah, something like that. Well, ABC's Rachel Scott is actually out in Michigan right now. She caught up with some voters that have already been in line for tonight's rally. Take a listen to Rachel. If you pay attention to anything other than the mainstream media, you learn a lot. I Put America first, not, not just talk. We want to see action. And, and right now we get a lot of talk and no action. The Obamacare marketplace is simply federal welfare. That's all it is. Trump is the only president I've ever seen that has made it a point to fulfill his uh, campaign promises. So, uh, you know, for those of us that have covered Donald Trump, I mean, that is the arena at the moment. I don't think it's going to look like that in a little bit. Uh, but we know supporters uh, for these events uh, get online from early in the day. Uh, they are out there uh, to see the president. And actually, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, for those of us uh, that remember, a.k.a me because I didn't <laughs> sleep much that night. That was actually the last stop uh, the president mm -hmm. made during the 2016 cycle, Catherine. Uh, I think it was like one o'clock in the morning and then I had to get back didn't up for GMA. did you have like 27 hours and 24 hours? Remember. That's how many time zones you guys have. <laughs> that, 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 that was like we, we left New Hampshire and then went to Grand Rapids. It was like maybe I'm going like to sleep a for a minute. Maybe yeah, there, was there Florida? I don't even Might remember. Been, huh? There's something like that. But, but you know, I, I do think though it's going to be interesting tonight to see the president and you know, the fact of how is he going to explain to his supporters that right now we need to focus on health care? Well, that's a good question. I, I think you'll hear a, a lot victory lap from him on, on Mueller because yep. um, it, we've been talking about this for two and a half years and, and it gets the crowd fired up. But, but that's a good point. I mean, he this is what he wants to push. Mm -hmm. um, this is what he's been talking about on Capitol Hill. Uh, so what exactly will will he lay out a plan? I, right. I don't I don't think so. Uh, tonight, but as he tweeted earlier this morning, I don't have the tweet up now, but he said he was going to touch on a range of issues. So 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see it's, what it's, that looks like. I think it's going to be a very long yeah. night in Michigan. <laughs> so Terry Moran and the troops will have a full report tonight on ABC's World News tonight. And then you can always get the latest on the rally at abcnews.com. We'll be carrying that live um, here on the channel. Switching gears, um, a new story uh, that came first to ABC from earlier today having to do with Facebook and the Department of Housing and Urban Development actually filing suit against Facebook and the way that they target individuals online. I do want to bring in Morgan Williams. She's general counsel for the National Fair Housing Alliance. She's joining us now. Uh, Morgan, a great, Morgan, great to have you with us, sir. Appreciate it. Um, explain to us, if you can, what actually is going on here? Because I think, you know, a lot of people know that Facebook has uh, targeted you for ads and whatnot, but this specific allegation by uh, the HUD is saying that they were going after people based on their race, their gender, and as it related to housing. Absolutely. So the allegations that HUD makes in its charge that was filed today are very similar and analogous to the allegations that our office, along with the ACLU and other civil rights offices, filed in various lawsuits over the past year against Facebook, asserting that Facebook, as an ad platform, creates a very powerful tool for advertisers to target their ads in ways that exclude particular Facebook users on the basis of demographics or specific interests that could be regarded as discriminatory. Hmm. And Morgan, it's, it's Catherine Falters here. Um, and now, Facebook has said it was surprised by these charges from HUD. They say particularly after last week's announcement of a court settlement um, on the same issue after the statements up on the screen there, after the company had agreed to shield race-based data to landlords and creditors looking to advertise. What's, what's your response to that? that? That wasn't enough? Well, so the lawsuit was that was settled was with our office, and we think that right. the, that, that settlement achieves significant resolution of many of these issues. Notably, Facebook, over the next few months and by the end of 2019, will restructure its platform and ensure that any housing, employment, or credit ads, like lending products, products and services that are covered by federal civil rights statutes, will go through an entirely separate ad flow. Will not be that will not that will not allow for advertisers to use specific targeting options. That will not allow for any kind of geographic targeting outside of a 15 mile radius. And in regards to housing ads, that will allow any housing consumers to go to a separate portal to see any housing ads that were posted in a particular market, regardless of which individuals they were targeted to. Morgan, I'm curious. Before we let you go. Uh Sorry, before we let you go more, I'm just curious, you know, for the time that Ben Carson has been the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, we've seen him a bit. We've certainly seen him out uh, touring different facilities. But to my mind, this is the first real action that we're seeing right now under his leadership going after social media for this sort of targeting. I'm curious, in the other aspects of your role and with the National Fair Housing Alliance, how have you seen things at the moment under the leadership of Secretary? Carson. This HUD secretary and this HUD administration is taking extreme actions to undercut civil rights protections in regards to the housing market, rental, sales, and lending. In addition, there's really weak and absent fair housing enforcement by this administration. We applaud HUD taking strong action in regards to this case. We ourselves are working with Facebook to address 
the challenges that HUD is raising in its charge. But beyond this specific, this specific case, there's tremendous amount of housing discrimination in the market that HUD is letting go unabated. Well, I'm, cu I'm curious then for right now, what you and your organization are looking at, you know, give, give me an idea. Give me something that is blaring in your face, something that you and your team are dealing with every day that you sort of look at and say, why isn't somebody doing something about this? A, a very powerful idea is access to credit. In the foreclosure, in the lead up to the foreclosure crisis, anybody could get a loan. Nowadays, just like in old times where there were traditional redlining practices in which lenders would explicitly exclude communities of color, many of the products and services and marketing apparatus of lenders actually preclude low-income communities of color from being able to access credit. And there, there was, under past administrations, vigorous enforcement of this issue. Unfortunately, under this administration, that has come to a grinding halt. Very interesting. Morgan Williams, General Counsel for the National Fair Housing Alliance. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you joining us this afternoon on ABC. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And Catherine, I know you've been talking to several sources over in HUD about yeah. this issue, going back to Facebook. What are they telling you right yeah, now? Yeah, look, they're just continuing to say that this is a top priority for them. And, and this senior official I was speaking to said they will continue to fashion appropriate remedies for today's technology as it impacts housing. And there, there was another report that just came across, uh, too, that said, you know, they're also looking into um, looking into Twitter and Google as well. So we could see this uh, continue to grow. Keep an eye on this one. Our team actually first to report this, and a great job by our Ann Flaherty on this one. Before we leave you on this Thursday, where it feels like spring, it really is a miracle <laughs> for those of us who've been living in winter. The cherry blossoms—they oh, are getting near full bloom. If you live down here in Washington D.C., you only hear about this every 22 seconds, so I'll try to keep it short. But full bloom allegedly at this point coming to you Monday, April 1st. The only thing that I think of when I think of cherry blossom season, I'm going to be a bit of a downer, allergy season. And crowds. A lot of crowds, a lot of enthusiasm, but a big, big festivals put on. Actually, WJLA, our affiliate down here, is a big supporter of that. So we know a lot of Americans are making their way down I'm gonna here. I'm going to go down. Interesting, too, just to see people down um, on the tidal basin uh, that are so into this, they take photos of the evolution of the buds. I give people credit. Really? That, that it, you, oh, you mean, okay. Yeah, like to see how like it's like season? starting and going and growing, getting closer every week. We put like a time-lapse camera yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all year. Maybe yeah, Janet Weinstein on the team wants to do that. It's going to kill me uh -oh. after this. Yeah, I'm a dead man. Anywho, but that's coming from Monday. That is going to do it for us here in the briefing room. For Catherine Falders, I'm John Santucci in Washington. Make sure to download the ABC News app for any news anytime. You are watching ABC News.